Welcome to Change by Attraction, a podcast for people who want to change some aspect of their organization, whether it's at the team level, the department level, or even the whole company. I'm Esther Derby, author of Seven Rules for Positive Productive Change. In this episode, I'm going to talk about empathy. Because your ability to show up with empathy will serve you well in change and many other aspects of life. Now, don't worry. Empathy doesn't mean you need to gush over people or fix their feelings or make everyone happy or tap dance around or coddle people. So this is what empathy is not. This conversation took place between two senior managers, both of whom were involved in a reorg that was going to move people between projects and change reporting relationships. And the plan was to announce the changes in an all-hands meeting. So no one had been consulted and no one had any prior warning. So Kathy walked into Ted's office to talk about her concerns. And she laid out all her worries about disrupted working relationships and the fact that people might feel jerked around because no one had consulted them about these moves. And she concluded with her fear that the disruptions that would come from the broken working relationships and people's resentment would make it nearly impossible to meet an important software release date. After Kathy was finished speaking, Ted said, There's no reason for you to feel that way. Oh, I mean, I can imagine a less effective response, but Ted's is right up there. He managed to dismiss her feelings, her thoughts, and her point of view. This conversation did not move naturally into problem solving. Quite the opposite. And it damaged their relationship in the long term. So some people think that empathy has no place at work, that work requires a hard-nosed, logical approach and checking your emotions at the door. And they fear that any empathy means that change won't be possible because empathy means you're never going to hurt anyone else's feelings. That's not how empathy functions. Ignoring emotions doesn't make them go away. In fact, attempting to depress or devalue people's emotions is more likely to amplify them. This is true always, but it's especially true in times of change when people may be feeling loss or uncertainty or excitement or dread, and their emotions are just generally heightened. So what is empathy? Empathy is the ability to recognize and vicariously identify someone else's experience and emotions. It enables you to understand their point of view, the challenges they see, what they value, and in the case of change, sometimes what they stand to lose. Now, this doesn't mean you need to feel the same thing or even agree with their perceived reasons, though it helps to consider them. You don't have to think the same way. It doesn't mean you have to comfort the other person or fix the situation so everyone's happy. What it does mean is that you listen, acknowledge, and accept feelings and points of view as legitimate, even if you don't agree with them. Fundamentally, it's about respect. And it makes movement easier. You're less likely to get stuck in a yes it is, no it's not sort of positional conflict. 
So empathy isn't only about feelings, though that's where people usually start. That's usually what they think of first. Emotional empathy, understanding another's emotions and feelings. And this is usually what comes up when people first hear the term. Now, emotions are a normal part of change. Excitement, grief, puzzlement, loss, anger. But too often people who drive change dismiss these responses and urge people to just get on with it. So in addition to emotional empathy, there's cognitive empathy, which means understanding someone else's patterns of thought and how they make sense of their world and events. Understanding how people think about things may help you frame a new idea in a way that meshes with their thinking. But it also helps you know about what obstacles and issues you're likely to encounter. Point of view empathy combines a bit of both of these, and it allows you to say genuinely, well, I can see how it looks that way from where you stand. So let's look at what an empathetic response might look like using the reorg example from Kathy and Ted. So here's some empathetic responses. Yeah, you feel worried about this reorg because of the disruption to working relationships and and the resentment about lack of consultation and participation. That would be accurately reflecting another's feelings and their perceived reasons for those feelings. Or you could say, oh, I hear you're concerned, which is accurately reflecting their feeling. Or you could say, you think this approach is going to cause disruption and fallout, which is accurately reflecting their thoughts. And you know, in a lot of cases, that would be enough. Empathizing by reflecting thoughts. And I suspect a lot of people fear doing this because they think it implies agreement. It doesn't. It's an acknowledgement and an opening for more conversation. You can always follow up with something like, well, let's look at that. And then you go into what could happen and what's likely to happen and what's not likely to happen. Though I must say in this situation with Kathy and Ted, Kathy pretty much had it right. But imagine how different the conversation might have gone had Ted used one of these responses, or even just said, you know, you think this approach is going to cause disruption and fallout. Tell me more. So accurately reflecting someone's point of view is just acknowledging that it's a different point of view than you have. Like from your vantage point, this looks like it could really blow up. Or I see how this looks from your perspective. This acknowledges that there's more than one perspective. And in some way, invites consideration of multiple perspectives. Or you could just acknowledge that you hadn't considered a particular perspective. I'm pretty sure that Ted didn't think about how people might respond to what he viewed as a very logical, hard-nosed business decision. And I'm pretty sure he didn't care. So all of those are examples of empathetic responses. But it's often not where people start. Instead, they may give premature advice, like, why don't you set up a listening session after the announcement? Or they ask an irrelevant question like, well, what's the current status on these projects? Are they all on track? 
or they offer unjustified reassurance like, well, I'm, I'm sure it'll be okay. These sorts of responses are a distraction and they don't move people towards problem solving. But if you really want to shut down the conversation, you can give a negative response. You can shift the focus to yourself. Like, I got reorged at my last job and I toughed it out. I handled it by blah, blah, blah. And then you go into your own story. Or you dismiss it. Like, whoa, they'll get over it. Don't worry about it. Or as Ted said, there's no reason for you to feel that way. Or, or you make a judgment. They need to grow a pair and just get their work done. None of these lead to problem solving. So lead with empathy. In my experience, once someone feels validated, they can relax into brainstorming, they can relax into problem solving, they're more open to hearing other points of view, which means they're more likely to hear what you have to say and also more likely to connect with their own resources. If you offer advice or logic before people feel validated, you'll likely get nowhere. You may get reasons, which can often sound like excuses, or people may just ratchet up their emotion, trying to make it big enough so that you'll finally pay attention and acknowledge them. But when you start with empathy, at the very least, you'll get information that can help you refine your ideas based on the information you're hearing, which people are more likely to share with you when you make an effort to listen and connect with them. And they're more likely to listen to you when they feel listened to. Empathy will help you move into brainstorming, problem solving, or whatever comes next. How you show up, how you connect and empathize makes a difference. Maybe all the difference in supporting movement, and getting people in situations unstuck. Thanks for listening. I'd love to hear what resonated for you in this podcast or what other change-related topics you'd like to hear about. So drop me an email and let me know. If you enjoyed the episode, share it with your friends. I'll be back with more next month.